Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. I'm real dusty right now. Yeah. Yeah, we did a lot of, we did some carpentry this morning. Uh, we're building the podcast studio thanks to our Patreon. Our Patreon members are really the only reason why we're able to keep doing this and making the show better and better. So if you're interested in joining the Patreon, go to our website at the-standard.us or patreon.com slash forge your life. And you could do three bucks a month. You could do one-time donation. Um, but if you like you what sign you, up for the year and get a hefty discount too. Hefty discount. Yeah, 15%. Uh, and if not, enjoy the free content courtesy of our Patreon members. So thank you very much. Standard issue. Okay. I know a couple of these because I found them, so I'm excited to talk about them. You found them? How'd you find them? I keep them secret. No, no. I sent you a few of these. Oh. These aren't these? These aren't those. Ooh. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, that's right. Okay. We're heading to Miami. Tampa. Or sorry, we're heading to Tampa. Tampa Police Chief Mary O'Connor has been placed on administrative leave after she and her husband were pulled over by a Pinellas County deputy for driving a golf cart without a license plate tag last month. During the stop, the police chief also flashed her badge for the deputy, suggesting that she should just let us go, as seen on the deputy's body cam footage. The deputy said he thought he recognized O'Connor, who has been the chief of the department since February. You should probably know what your chief looks like. In response to the incident, Chief Mary O'Connor released a statement acknowledging her behavior, which quote, could have been viewed as inappropriate. So she got pulled over by her own department? Yeah. Okay. Chief O'Connor will be on administrative leave until further notice, pending the outcome of an investigation into the incident. What are we talking about? I, is this news? Uh, well, why is this happening? Well, here's why I thought it was... Tags? ...was interesting. It's her own department? Uh, on. The, what I thought was interesting was that the almost like abuse of of power, right? Like regardless of who you are, you should be held to the same standard as everybody else. And to be like, what about professional courtesy? Okay. Driving drunk. No. Got in an accident. No. I still think it's speeding. Kind of, no. Well, you're in a golf Hags. cart. I don't think you're, I don't think you're speeding. Hags. Golf cart. I mean, what it didn't say was like where the golf. I want to know was. why they're pulling golf carts over for tags. Hey man, I know it's kind of big in these like tropical states, you know. Like golf carts are big. Yeah, yeah. My parents, like uh, my my sister, just moved to Arizona and they got a golf cart within like two months. Really? Yeah. Things go fast. So these are these are like super more golf. senior community golf communities. It's just easier to take your golf. You know, a lot of them spend a lot of time at the clubhouses or wherever, and yeah, drive from your house. So you're, like, totally on board with the chief. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What do you mean? Driving a golf <laughs> What do you mean? What do I mean? I mean, like, you're totally fine with, like, hey, listen, I'm the chief. Just, like, we're going to let this slide. 
So here's my advice. Okay. I don't know how she came across in camera. And it's like, hey, I'm the chief. You just, uh, when you get pulled over, if this ever happens, I, this is just my suggestion. This is certainly nothing you've ever done. This is just broad strokes. So, you you know, you have your ID, your, your public safety ID, and you just hand it to the guy and be like, um, excuse me, sir, but just so you know, my my department requires that I identify myself as a, in my case, firefighter. You sneaky fuck. <laughs> and so you just hand it to him. That's it. Yeah. So you should. I've been told it works so every you, time. So you wouldn't say like, I think you should let us go. No, I. I mean, I, I would take got, that as a threat. So I actually got pulled over long time ago in the city where I work. An East Metro guy pulled me over. A cop. East Metro. Has I didn't. Police I didn't department. do anything. I. I thought I had the fire plates. I'm like, oh, he ain't gonna give me. He's gonna ask or whatever. And then he comes back with a ticket, and I was like, hey man, just so you know, I'm a. I don't know how I said. It. I think I like. I'm a fireman. He's like, oh, man. Like, why didn't you tell me? And of course, this is this is 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. But he's like, why didn't you tell me? Now I got to, like, go back and, like, get rid of the ticket. I mean, he was totally cool. Yeah. But he's like, you got to tell me. Like, if this ever, he told me, if this ever happens again, tell me right away. Tell us right away. Now, then, I don't think they were recording everything back then. It's just, it's so. I don't know. I, I just. I don't know, man. I just saw it as if our chief were to say. You know, like, hey, I know you, I hold you guys to this X, Y, Z standard, but I don't want you to hold me to it. I would be like, dude, what? Do- or, or what about just there's professional courtesy everywhere? I mean, professional courtesy extends only so far, right? Like I said, DUIs, um, speeding, right. reckless, all that stuff. You get in an accident. Yeah. Like, it, it is what it is. Like, right. you, you got to live with that. But, I mean changing lanes without a turn signal or turning right on a red or not stopping all the way, you know. I just think that stuff, no tags. All right. You know. I'm actually kind of surprised. You think. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. I'm just a little surprised. I'm saying I'm okay with that part of it. I don't know how she went about it. It was like, do you know who I am? Then it's like, no. Here's your ticket. (laughs) Uh, All right. Whatever. Let's head out. Uh, Alabama man. We got done with Florida lady, Alabama man. An Alabama man who was rescued and pulled from the Gulf of Mexico hours after reported missing from a cruise ship doesn't know how he wound up in the water. James Michael Grimes, who treaded water for a large part of Thanksgiving Day before he was rescued, doesn't remember falling off the Carnival Valor. He said in an interview that aired Friday, The 28-year-old lost consciousness and simply woke up in the water. (laughs) Quote, I came to. I was in the water with no boat in sight, Grimes told ABC. Grimes and his family were just hours into a cruise departing Thanksgiving Eve from New Orleans to Mexico when he vanished. His eventual rescue, which happened after a bulk carrier crew, saw him in the water and alerted U.S. Coast Guard. It was one of those Thanksgiving miracles, a Coast Guard official said. Grimes was in an onboard bar with his sister before walking off to use the restroom around 11 the night before Thanksgiving, his sister recalled. Grimes eventually saw the lights from a tanker ship and swam toward it. That ship crew spotted him around 8.25 p.m. and alerted the Coast Guard, which sent a helicopter crew to hoist him out of the water. Quote, the first thing I actually told the Coast Guard rescuer was, I don't have any clothes on, because I didn't. I stripped off everything. He said that that's fine. I was just thinking, thank you. You're like a guardian angel coming down for me. 
Grimes was taken to by medical personnel to a New Orleans airport and then transferred to the hospital. So he falls off 11 a.m.? Yeah. Man, tying one on early. That's so, a cruise ship life, I guess. I've never been on a cruise. Have you been on a cruise? I'm not a cruise person. I, I have heard, and I know they're few and far between, but the horror stories of when oh, they break just, down. Or, like, or yeah, remember that last one? Or maybe it was last year, two years ago. Bathrooms don't work. Yeah. No water. People are like... They're like killing each other. Well, they're freaking out, right? Because you're mean, trapped. Yeah, I want no part of that. I'm out, man. Yeah, no I part mean, of it. It's just, uh, it's not for me. Not for me either. What I found interesting about this one was that he's like, "Oh, I, I have no idea how I ended up in the water." Come yeah. on. Yeah, he jumped. You think he jumped? I think he was hammered and fell, and then passed out. And just luckily, he was floating. I mean, those are tall ships, man. Yeah, you gotta think. I. That's that is a miracle, but he treaded water for ten hours. Yeah, I mean, difference between treading water and just lying on your back, though. All right. So, how long do you think you could survive in the ocean? Well, where this was probably Gulf of Mexico. Seventy degrees was the so that helps helps huge. <laughs> it's not it's not fifty five, but you also can still absolutely become hypothermic in seventy degree yeah. water. Yeah. So what, was the, so what was the temperature? The air temp? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. But let's say that you have a life vest on and you have a wetsuit. The reason I say that is because that's what the data that I have. <laughs> well, I, in seven degree water, I think that would be, you just sit there, right? Okay. So, wetsuit and yeah, but you can't eat and you can't drink. So, how long could you survive? Well, don't they say that, uh, You'll die at, like, the thirst is what gets to you, yeah. right? So how long, How many days? Seven? Three to seven days. Th- three to five days, at which, come, uh, at which point you'll succumb to dehydration. Unless you get eaten first by a shark. You think that's going to happen? His uh, jaw's going to come? You absolutely. I mean, he said that he saw something underneath him while he was treading water. Treading water, that would be brutal for that long. I think the part it had to spend part of it on its back. Well, so I did uh, rescue diver school, and you have to tread water. God, I want to say it was for like fifteen or twenty minutes. And how you accomplish that the best is you take a big breath of air, and you lay on your back, and then you just basically breathe off the top of your lungs. So you inflate your lungs, and which creates more buoyancy. Mm-hmm. And you can basically float. This is for floating on your back, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So you could do that for a pretty long time. The other thing you can do is tying your pant legs together, and you'll basically trap a whole bunch of air. Oh. And then it's kind of like a flotation device. Yeah. Okay. That's, I don't know. That was, a, that was the coolest fire class I've ever taken. Rescue swimming? Uh, you're a diver. Oh, yeah. Um, but that was so much fun. I've, I loved that. Uh, so, yeah, three to five days. So let's say that you do come in contact with a shark. How are you fighting that thing off? Game over. Yeah, I mean, first thing that comes to mind is, I'll just lay here. You won't see me. You know, like they say they do in the in the forest, you know, just, or you're supposed to get big with bears. And Depends. Like that. If it's brown, lay down. If it's black, attack. The two different types of bears. Okay, what about other animals in the, in the forest? I don't know. They don't have rhymes for those. <laughs> Will you fight like a motherfucker? <laughs> if it's a lion, fight like a motherfucker. Uh, although I have heard that if you get attacked by like a dog or something, a dog, or or I guess you, I guess it could be a cat too. But that size, 
you give them your non-dominant arm to bite, and then you fight with the other one. Damn. Right? Gangster. So, like, how would you say you would fight off a shark? And I'm basing this off on, like, three minutes of research. Man, it's kind of hard to punch underwater, too. Right. So, the this is saying that, like, the water resistance will prevent you from having, like, an accurate... Uh, like an accurate punch or kick. Fucked. So this, these these people said, "Give him. How about give him your non-dominant arm, and maybe it'll go away. You you might live. Maybe. You know. This is saying to try and grab onto something and squeeze like an eye or its gills, and like you squeeze until it lets go. Good luck. I'm out, dude. I'm dying. I'm dying for sure. I'm hoping that all the urine I've put out oh in the water will let me go away. <laughs> so. How much do you think it costs for a Coast Guard helicopter to come and get you? Oh, so they're going to charge you for this? No, it's through taxes. It's okay. it's free, but I looked up how much it costs. Don't they charge in the mountains for rescue, or is that only if you don't have certain gear and all that? So if you buy a hunting and fishing license, mm-hmm. that allows like a free, basically, rescue. Okay. Because these search and rescue, at least out here, I can speak to is they're all funded through, like, donations and, and fines. But, yeah, if you have that license, it can, it like, waves all that. Okay, so Coast Guard, they're, they're helicoptering out. Yes, this, this is a MH-65 Dolphin helicopter. All right, so this is a, this is a very high-end air ambulance, so to speak. Very sure. high-end. So, I mean, what's a, we're, we're saying just per say hour. The air life comes out, that's probably, like, 10 grand to go from you know you're you're out in the plains and you need a bad accent or something so i'm gonna say 150 8400 dollars an hour to for the helicopter and crew that was a little high because that'd probably be like two or three hours right total rescue i mean if you knew where they're at oh so the search is starts Ooh. yeah i mean you could be searching forever i mean this other ship knew kind of knew where this dude was at in the general area all right, last one. $400 an hour. How high of a jump could you take? Because I was like, okay, I would assume that you would die if you fell off a cruise ship. I was watching something, old video, and it was like world's highest dive or something. And this was like, I, I want to say it was like Vegas or something back in the 70s or 80s. Hundred and This was like 180 feet. They were, was like, I think I remember seeing like 174 feet or something. And he was on this like just pole, basically. And he was going to dive backwards. And they're talking to him. He's got an earpiece in. And they're like, so are you going to go through with it? And he's like, oh, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm just pre- preparing myself. Could you imagine? Imagine a belly flop. Oh, dead, you die. Dead. Die. So well, let like, me ask you how high you think you could survive a fall into water. Well, I mean, these guys dove in. Are you saying just like a, a flop? No, I think you, when you dive in correctly. If you dive in correctly, I, th- I think based on that video, probably 250 feet. 186 feet. That dude was at the very I, max limit. We'll look up that video and we'll put it on. I'll find it. Okay. Um, but I'm fairly certain it was like 174 or something right in there. And I was like, and, it, and you saw the panorama view of it. And it was, it was like really tall. Yeah, this says that you can survive, uh, the upper survival limit is 100 feet per second, which is equivalent to an 186 foot fall. Damn. I don't think you're living through a 
fifty foot belly flop? Are you? I don't know, dude. That would hurt so bad. I mean, you're like hitting concrete. It's oh, <laughs> terrible. I mean, this guy, he probably fell what, like twenty, thirty feet. I don't know how tall. Uh, he probably was so ship. drunk, and then just miraculously like went in. Like Let me look either up. feet or head, and it's like he was rolling over himself, and then he just like it was like the it was like a perfect ten dive. I'm gonna look up uh, the height of a cruise ship railing. Multiple levels, though. So, this is saying that modern cruise ships are around 190 feet tall. Damn. So if you fell off the top of that, you You're could not. die. No, yeah, you ain't making it. You ain't making it, man. It's not worth it. You know, so Rick, stay in the buffet. This is what I was watching. Rick Charles, world record high dive, 172 feet. All right, send that to me, and we'll put it up on is, for our Patreon. I mean, I don't know. I might be the same guy, um, or a different guy, but it's this, it's this, I know it's the same setup where they're at. So yeah, I'll send it to you. All right, send it to me. We'll put it up. Nope. Nope. Yep. So there it is. Uh, do you know how to do some high angle rope work? Do I? Oh, no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, we've done some jobs where you get to a certain height and you're no longer afraid because you're like, I know that if I fall, it's game over. It's when you're working like 200 feet off the ground that you're like, oh man, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna fall and I'm gonna live and that's gonna be very bad forever. Like <laughs> for the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a certain height where you're just like, you're not scared anymore. I've never worked over water. That might be kind of trippy too. Anyways, heading to Atlanta. Employees have nicknamed a baby Nugget after she was delivered in an Atlanta McDonald's. Nugget. It's a cute little name, right? Alondria Worthy tells WXIA-TV that her labor was intensifying and her fiance was driving her to the hospital Wednesday morning when they stopped so she could use the bathroom at a fast food restaurant. She says, I went to the bathroom and my water broke immediately. Worthy said she started screaming. The restaurant manager, Tunisia Woodward, went to see what was happening. She says, I opened this door, didn't see anyone, but I saw feet under the door. I opened and she was on the toilet laying back screaming. And I knew I had to tell my crew, we're having a baby today. Woodward and two workers began to help the fiance, DeAndre Williams, came in to check what was taking so long, only to find uh, his wife giving birth. He says, I was trying to calm her down because she was so frantic. I was like, just breathe. I got her on the floor, took off her clothes, and the ladies at McDonald's were at her front side, holding her hands. I was up at her feet, propped up her knees, and told her to push three pushes. She was a fighter. Less than 15 minutes later, Nandi Aria. Marormi Phillips was born. I feel like I messed that name up, so I'm sorry to the little nugget. Baby Phillips. Baby Phillips. So although the baby's birth certificate has a real name, the McDonald's crew gave her another name, Little Nugget. I would not want to give my wife to give birth in a McDonald's bathroom. How are the... Let me tell you a story. Oh, I love stories. We just took a little road trip this past week. Yeah. One day, right? Driving from Phoenix, Denver. We got a stop in a southern Colorado town near the border, close to the border, really close. Really close. Like 13 miles from the border. You can figure it out. Yeah. 
This bathroom in this grocery store down there is Was it the Safeway? Horrid. Was huh? it the Safeway? Yes. <laughs> I know exactly what in you're the back of the store, about. right? Yes. We always hit the stop when we're going to and from Phoenix, right? It's just perfect timing. We get the gas. Dude, I got a coffee shop so, you should go to. Instead. Okay, perfect, because I'm not stopping anymore. I, I'm done. Yeah. Um, if you go to the Safeway there, they have a bathroom that's in – this is great. They have a bathroom that's in the little convenience store next to Safeway. That one's fine, okay? However, most of the time it's, like, either out of order or closed down. So we pull up to Safeway. And, yep, dark. Like, damn it. All right, get gas. My wife's like, you're going with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I'm coming. <laughs> Don't worry. I know, I know. This is in the back of the store in like a wood box they framed out. And it's disgusting. It's it, never it, clean. An outhouse would be better. And it's, I'm, there's one time there was a needle on the ground. It's disgusting. It smells, it stinks, it's piss everywhere. You know. So <laughs> we fill up gas. We go to the bathroom, coming out, and we're like, we're never stopping. I'm, I'm over it. Done. This bathroom's terrible. We're going to find a different spot. And as we're driving away from the Safeway, we look over at the gas station, and now the lights are on, and there's somebody in there. <laughs> damn it. So it's like they opened it back up. Like I was on break. I was like, God damn it. Uh, whenever I see a, from working as long as we have, whenever I see a bathroom in a grocery store, I'm always expecting to see a drug addict in there. That's like, how many overdoses have you gone to inside tons. a... I mean, countless. Yeah, tons. Oh, dude, we had one uh, where this lady was stealing all of the vanilla... Extract. Extract to get hammered inside the... Jeez. Yeah, dude. Oh, the, her, oh it smelled so bad, Gross. Dude. Yeah, Ugh. Like the, the mouthwash thing, too, they oh, do. Oh, yeah. Well, at least that smells minty. That's true. Yeah, um, I mean, they're taking care of their teeth, too, I guess, at the same time. With the one, the one they have left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess any public bathroom, I mean, you're, you're, taking, you're taking a huge gamble. That is disgusting. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly, dude. I, I mean, don't know what you do. You, so let's say, I mean, I can just speak for our own personal experience of taking a pregnant lady to the to the hospital to give birth would you ever stop at a bathroom no right you're taking your wife to the hospital right she's currently in labor i'm, I'm going past her well currently like i don't know how many kids she's had like that has a big yeah. thing to do with hey how much how nervous do i need to be with this but any sort of you know, need. It sounds like they were stopping there for lunch, right? No, she said I wanted to stop to go to the bathroom. Oh, when you're on the road, where, where are the other options? Like libraries, rec centers? I mean, oh yeah, I mean, fire stations. Go knock on those doors. They love it when you knock on their door and be like, "Can I use your bathroom?" Uh, no, you may not. <laughs> yeah, you want to go to a dirty bathroom, uh, or or like we just had the other day, you could just walk right in. What happened, hey guys? Oh. Weren't you, you weren't there for that? No, but I'm... We just had a guy just walk right in the fire station into the kitchen. Hey, how's it going? We had uh, we had bums sneak into our firehouse at another place I worked. And do what? Well, the garage doors were on timers. Yeah, but what'd they do when they, they were... And they get out before you left? Yeah, they would come in, they'd come in, eat, go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm 100% serious. Because okay. we'd come back, and sometimes you'd find bums in there. Cause I think it's game on when that happens. Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was interesting. So how if you're the manager of the McDonald's and you're like really proud of your people, obviously your McDonald's franchise is now all over the news. You can give them a little something. The couple that birthed? No, your 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 crew that helped this lady out. Uh what is your idea? I mean, well the this manager gave them some money as like a hey, attaboy. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. How much would you? Everybody gets 100 bucks. 250. 250 each? Yeah. All right. Well, I thought that was yeah. great. You know? Uh it it also goes to show that when a birth goes well, I mean, we've been doing it in caves for I'd rather a cave than a McDonald's bathroom. <laughs> no problem. Or out in the wilderness, totally fine. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. All right. Heading to Texas. A lot of stuff in the South. Everything's bigger in Texas. Fact. Heather Wallace's oldest son, eight-year-old Aiden, was driving his two brothers crazy in the car as they returned from karate one afternoon. Wallace asked Aiden to walk the rest of the way home, half a mile, in quiet suburban Waco, Texas, so that everyone could calm down. So basically, like, I've had enough. You're walking home. We're about, a half, we're about a half mile away. For this, she was arrested, handcuffed, and thrown in jail. She was charged with endangering a child, a felony carrying a mandatory minimum of two years in prison. All right, so did she just drive off, or did she make him walk beside the car? Dro- drove off. How old? He is eight. Yeah. Okay. So she finally, she had basically had to go through this, like, six-month uh, parental diversion program to get the charges dropped, but she, her arrest still remains on her record for this for this felony. So Aiden agreed to walk home. After all, it was something that he had done many times. There are sidewalks the entire way and practically zero traffic. Fifteen minutes later, two cops knocked on the Wallace's door with her son in the patrol car. Another officer was parked across the street. A woman one block away called the cops to report a boy walking outside alone. The lady actually had asked Aiden where he lived, verified it was just down the street, and then proceeded to call nonetheless. Then the cops picked up Aiden on his block. They stood on her porch, and officers told Wallace that her son could have been kidnapped and sex trafficked. They said, you don't see much much sex trafficking where you're at, but where I patrol in downtown Waco, we do. So she's basically saying they basically admitted. Instead of calling the cops, you know, if you, like, contact this eight-year-old, why don't you just give him a ride home then? Well, if I'm if I don't know that person, I don't want I'm going to teach my kid not to get in the car. That's true. So the next day, Wallace's husband picked her up, paid her three hundred dollar bail and then brought her home. And then she had to go through this basically horrible process where her husband and her had to have a court appointed person in the house at all times for months. Yeah. And so. I listened to this, and I, it wasn't walking. I was riding my bike, but I rode my bike to school, you know, gosh, it must have been all of three miles, four miles, slowly, right? But I rode. I rode. And you need that, that 20 speed. Huh? I know, right? <laughs> Low gear. Low gear. <laughs> but yeah, man, I just, I thought that this was such a, like, I, I get where the cops were at, where they're like, yeah, they hey, call, they have to do something. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. But do you really have to go to the point of arresting her and putting her in handcuffs in front of her family? 
Yeah, I wonder, you know, just would want to know history, right? You know, has this happened before? I don't know. I mean, according to this, this court-appointed person gets to their place, and she's doing this for two weeks, and she's like, there's no problem here. Like, these, these parents are fine parents, and everyone else is safe. I think it comes down to, you know, decades ago you could discipline your kid in in the in the village so to speak the community whatever the the school everybody it was like a collective effort discipline was taken care of like you did something at school teacher had authority take care of it you did something you know uh, yeah sport you know your coach could discipline you stuff like that now that can't happen i think any discipline like that it's almost like it's got to occur inside your four walls of your house because if anybody else sees it, like you do something in public, you, you're risking it, right? Oh, that's child abuse. Oh, that's this, that, you know, like endangering child, whatever. Yeah. You know, if you want to do something like that, figure out a punishment where it's inside your own house and that's it. I don't know. It's tough. I remember seeing a story about a mother. This was in downtown New York who allowed her kid to ride the subway by himself all the sorts of stuff. And she, she didn't get arrested. She didn't, but people obviously were like, is this really the safest way to handle this? I don't know. I don't know what I think. I mean, if my kids, what are the circumstances? Is that cause mom was working and kid? Yeah. You gotta do, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Right. I mean, sure. Grows the kid up a little bit faster than probably his peers, but is that such know. a bad thing? I don't think it's bad. It's different could be probably it's like outside the norm or like outliers but i mean i'd like to look at i'd like to look i mean what's their relationship like like what are they trying to do like a kid gets older it's actually probably builds a pretty resilient kid to you know that's there's so many sides to it right because you're talking more or less talking like that latchkey kid i was a latchkey kid uh there's a parents always worked i mean you have to you have to get around you have to so you you're more independent in that respect but you got less interaction with your parents i mean some some things slip through the cracks but other other things you become more resilient with you know yeah there's a tv show called old enough i think i think that's what it is and it's basically it's in other countries but they'll send these kids little kids out to like run errands and stuff in the middle of these downtown suburban areas and i think that there's a lot to gain from that and obviously that is like hey we're going to go to this one store 10 times with you and then maybe i'll let you go by yourself but i'm like following you yeah like make sure everything's smooth but i don't know man i i moved to a neighborhood specifically so that our kids can walk to the elementary school or you know like we can do that together for obviously a while but i don't know i i i don't see anything wrong with what she was doing. I mean, the kid's done the, the route before. It's sidewalks the entire way. Yeah, I mean, if all checks out like we assume it to be. Yeah. And there's nothing else going on. Their relationship's good, and it's just like you got a kid acting out, and it's like you're walking home. Yeah. That's totally appropriate. Well, it got me thinking of how many people are actually abducted every year, whatever. Yeah. And uh, the number is... 840,000 children are reported missing each year per the FBI. God, that's a lot. So 85 to 90% of those children 
are abducted by people like it's they usually know. a parent, yeah, the other yeah. parent like through a divorce, and then they, they okay. take them. So we're talking maybe like so fewer than three hundred and fifty people under the age of twenty one were abducted by strangers from two thousand ten to two to twenty seventeen. Those are the last numbers. I, I mean, know. it's a, every number sucks. You know, oh my everyone, god, I can't um, even. Horrible. I can't even. That's not imagine. It's not as much as I would have thought. Right. Yeah. Um. So, Amber alerts. We always we get them on our phone. Mm-hmm. I had no idea where they came from. Oh, yeah. You know where they went? Where they came from? Well, it was a girl named Amber that was abducted. You're right. So it stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response, and was created in honor of Amber Hergman. Uh, sorry, Hagerman, a nine-year-old girl who was kidnapped and murdered in Arlington, Texas, and over 800 children have been rescued because of Amber Alerts. Yeah, and then the what's the Medina alert? That's like a is that a stolen vehicle thing? Medina? Yeah, look up Medina alert. I think that's like stolen vehicles or like a criminal on the loose or something. Those go out now. So the Medina alert is in 2011. A hit and run driver. Hit and runs. There you go. Yeah, killed a 21 year old valet driver, Jose Medina. So now these are uh, that's yeah, a yeah. hit and run alert. But yeah, I just having kids, you definitely have this fear and you want to protect them. But at the same time, I gained a lot of resilience from having to do stuff on my own at a younger age. It's, it's real. I'll tell you a story. Here's a story. Uh, I must have been, I was probably around 10, be around 10. There was an old mall in Lakewood, had a arcade there, would spend hours there right i mean back then the malls you had the anchor stores you had like sears yeah for baby. you montgomery ward like we're talking remember foley's maybe and f remember those What's names foley's it's an old department store oh like a jc penny okay it was jc penny jc penny was too classy for us we were sears man sure whatever get your craftsman tools you get a pair of jeans and some sweatpants yeah you know yeah that's that's you but foley's was that like was probably a, higher end. Okay, well. You know, like Foley's was like in between the Sears and like the Neiman Marcuses, you know. Oh. Neiman Marcus. Yeah. Um, What, Lord and Taylor? That's, that was another one, right? Sure, man. I don't know. Those were the high-end ones and then. I'm not bougie. Had, I'm not Lord and Taylor bougie. Okay. I don't make that kind of money. Anyways. <laughs> so I'm in this arcade and I got, soli- I mean, I'm there. My brother, I think, is there, and but we're off playing different things and. I, of course, you know, run out of money at some point. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you some money if you do something for me. And it was like, it was a sexual, like, Whoa. It was like if you touch my, you know, you got to come to my car, I'll give you money. No way. I'm 10, dude. And I'm like, uh, yeah. You know, it wasn't like, no, fuck it. It was like, um, no, no, I'm good here. My mom came and picked me up and I, I think I just I was like casually yeah about it like oh, that's kind of weird dude. She, came up to me. I mean, as I would, lost her fucking mind, and I mean, I would have hunted this guy down. I would right. So I think she. I would have pulled security to, cameras. Well, back then, I mean, we're talking early nineties. Oh yeah, they weren't on that. You know, so that was that was my one experience, and I've thought about that a lot. Where I'm like, what what could have happened? I mean, what these you know these kids are young that. I'm like, I just want money to play more video games. Like, what? You want me to come to your car? All right. That's a very serious thing. Yeah. Okay. 
what video what video game would you have been like you know what no pr- no problem <laughs> i know what mine is uh like arcade yeah well which one would you be like yeah i'm down <laughs> man now, I, this is all joking like aside ball did you did you, you would, do, no i just would wondering, do that for one, no, no, i don't know what oh. what are you saying like what was your favorite games time crisis i don't know. it's the one where you had a gun and you had like this foot pedal and you could like those racing ones those are pretty cool like can't remember what they were. It was like Grand Prix or something. Those were always yeah. pretty fun. They were expensive. I'm not saying that I would let myself get abducted as a child for time crisis, what but I am saying, saying is now that you're an adult, you go to an arcade and you'd let another adult touch you <laughs> just so you could. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying I wouldn't. Okay, I really like that game. Uh, yeah, but Dang. Yeah, it's this uh, is all I remember about that arcade. For some reason, all I, all I remember was NBA Jam. That was what uh, it was big there like wasn't a big out. i was on fire if you know what that means he's on fire oh that's what it was yeah yeah i was on fire man i never really got into those games i think i got, i'd get winded even yeah. on video games yeah <laughs> mortal Kombat was out about that time oh you did know. you have a system when you were growing I had up a super nintendo that had mortal Kombat on it hell yeah i had a sega sega whatever theirs was second class trash right there yeah it's trash says the guy who uses a fucking dell um, that's it. All right. That's all I got. I don't have that Dell anymore.